What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, Jack Vita. Really fun episode being recorded tonight on Monday, December 16th, 2019, recapping week 15 in the world of the NFL. Lots of fun to get to today. A couple of quick announcements. I had a really fun podcast I just released this morning, actually last night. Had a special Christmas edition where... Tommy Weber and I talked about the classic, The Santa Claus 2, the Christmas movie. So we did a little Christmassy episode, which was really fun. Uh, in addition to that, I've also got stickers for the podcast, got the podcast logo on them, which I've talked about in recent episodes. They just came in the mail today. So DM me, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Let me know if you want one. If you live far away, I'll ship it out to you. The stickers are free, but if I have to ship it to you, I will charge a small fee. Uh, Other than that, I think we're good to go and get into the action today. I've got an excellent guest joining me today, uh, an old pal back from the days of New Trier High School. I talked to his brother earlier this season, Nathan Rice. How are you doing, Nathan? I'm good, Jack. I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, it's fun to have you here. I, I, I will say I... It must mean you like Max a little more than me, though, because he was able to get it before. <laughs> he he fought hard for it. He I saw you guys at that Cubs game last year, and he was like, I got to get on that podcast. What do I got to do? Get me on the podcast. He followed up with me when I ran into him at another event earlier this year. So he, he just fought harder for it. I played the hard-to-get route. I think I learned my lesson. <laughs> Well, it's great to have you here. You're a big NFL fan. You had a, an excellent high school football career. Yeah, not not as excellent as I wished. <laughs> I ended up being a, a backup quarterback towards the end of my high school career. But I will say there's not a better job in the world than being a backup quarterback because you, you don't get hit and you get to throw the ball to receivers running routes all the time. Yeah, and you get to play in the JV games. Those are fun. Yeah, the JV games are fun. Saturday morning when, when no one's watching. <laughs> it's just a time when, when superstars shine. Didn't you guys make a t-shirt or something that said save it for Saturday? Save it for Saturday. And then we actually, we, we, we try to you know make a little fun on the JV. And we came up with an award called the Burt Gray Award, which is a made-up JV player that gets <laughs> given to the, the, the MVP of the JV season. So we were we were able to make it fun, but... Also serious, where people actually, you know, tried hard and cared, and it added a little, you know, competition into my life, which is very important. <laughs> well, let's get you started with a fun question here, Nathan. Who's your favorite backup quarterback in the NFL right now? Oh, uh, that's so easy. Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel's the best backup quarterback. He, uh, I like him because he was a stud high school player. He's like around 5'10", and a little bit on the chubbier side, and that's probably what most people would define me, so we've got similar <laughs> characteristics in He's he's been a system quarterback. He, you know, he was in the Andy Reid offense, and when Nagy got brought over to the Bears, he, you know, he's a guy you could trust, and so Nagy brought him over. He knew that he'd be able to run the offense, and he just kind of has like that backup swagger that he doesn't really care, but when he gets in the games, he doesn't do as bad as you would assume. So I'd have to go with Chase Daniel. For yeah, that pretty one. expensive backup there too. And that that's also why I like him. He <laughs> he knows how to how to get the bread. <laughs> yeah, just keep cashing them checks. So, all right, this is a good place. Let's get started here. Let's talk about the Bears. Uh, Bears-Packers game yesterday, 
the final score for that one, Packers took it at Lambeau, 21 to 13. I actually thought the Bears were going to win this game, even though I'm not a very big Bears guy. Uh, what are your takeaways from this game, Nathan? You know, it's tough. It's you kind of never know which Bears team is going to show up each week, and I and I I think this week the Bears team that showed up was their like B plus team, where they've obviously done things to Mitch to help him not make as many mistakes and make his job fairly easy, but it's just they're not exciting. And their defense is still solid, but their offense is, they never seem like they're at the point to be a Super Bowl championship. And kind of when, when I evaluate the teams I like, or at least quarterbacks, uh, my kind of one thing is can they win a Super Bowl or not? Or else it's not worth having that quarterback or kind of changing up the team. And they just, you know, they, they seem very confused. And I think that this last week was another nice representation of the Bears being confused and just trying to figure out, get their ducks in a row. So, Overall, kind of upsetting game, but from being a Bears fan, we're, we're pretty used to that. So I was pretty tough. It took me about 30 minutes to get over, and now we're on to basically next year because it looks like we're probably kicked out of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, and tough one, especially to the Packers. The Packers, it seems like every single week, though, we're talking about a different bad call in a Packers game that's really swinging the game in one way or another. And we saw a couple in this game. Here's what I saw out of the Bears yesterday. I I don't really love what they're doing with Trubisky in terms of what Matt Nagy's uh, play calling. I'd like to see them allow him to get out of the pocket, make some more plays with his legs, because I think that is really his best strength is when he makes plays on his feet, keeps the defense honest, and he throws well when he's on the run. I don't understand this obsession with wanting to keep him in the pocket all the time. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Jack. I think that the issue with Mitch is I don't think he knows what he wants to do and the Bears don't know what they want to do with them, so they, they keep trying out these different things. And, you know, ultimately you want a quarterback that's comfortable in the pocket and, and kind of I think Lamar Jackson's done a really good job with this so far is he's, he's he kind of talks about himself as a pocket quarterback, but obviously once he gets outside the pocket, he's even better. But I think as a quarterback, especially, and I guess in today's age, they're going away from it a little more, but in just general, you need to be a pocket quarterback and able to excel in the NFL. So I'm with you. I just think it's hard for an organization to rely on just pushing someone outside the pocket because that's supposed to be, you know, kind of plan B. Well, could you imagine if Nagy was coaching Lamar Jackson and he just said, hey, you're not running at all. You have to stay in the pocket and you take away any threat of what he can do on his legs, which I really think opens up a lot of stuff for him in the passing oh, game. Man. Just seems crazy to me. I agree with you. What Jack, I'm curious to your thoughts. There's a lot of blame in Chicago, not only on Trubinsky, but also on Nagy. What do you, what do you think about that? Do you think it's Nagy's fault for this season or are you still hopeful that he'll be, you know, back to a coach of the year type coach? Well, I won't. I mean, he, he won coach of the year before, he can do it again. I mean, if he's done it before, right. he can do it again. But I do think he should take most of the blame for this season because, I don't know, it just seems so weird to me that there's this weird thing in the NFL with these coaches that are like, I have to have my guy. I can't make it work with anyone who isn't my guy. And we don't really see that as much in other sports. Maybe sometimes, mm -hmm. I know Joe Madden did this a little bit over the last couple of years uh, in Chicago with the Cubs where he was obsessing over wanting to use the bullpen, which was the bullpen's, the bullpen was the team's weakness. 
I just don't understand. I feel like the best coaches are the ones that can adjust to the roster that they have. So I agree with you. And I think I'm something in football growing up wasn't always my best sport, but it was actually always my favorite because they emphasize that football is like the ultimate team sport. You know, every person has to be doing their assignment in order for you to win. And so I think in football, more than a lot of other sports, you can't really blame that one guy in general. And I think it's a good thing as a coach to always blame, you know, take ownership. People respect that. Yeah, and Trubisky, look, should they, the Bears have traded up to get him and drafted him over Watson and Mahomes? We all know they shouldn't have at this point. But that doesn't mean he's totally inept. There's stuff that he can do. It's reminding me a little bit of Blake Bortles, where it just seemed like week after week after week, we're just hearing about how horrible Blake Bortles is with the Jags. But Blake Bortles was making plays and got the Jags to the AFC title game. Right. I'm with you. I think it's uh, people need to stop. And I, even though I'm not a big Trubinsky fan, it does, it does no one good to hate on anybody. Yeah, you got him uh, now. No, that's you're right, Jack. We we've got him, and we need to kind of live with it. I think if we want to make you know if if we want to go away from Trubinsky, then we should just make that move and not talk about it. So, in a perfect world for me, Jack, the Bears, and I, and I'm I'm secretly hoping Oklahoma loses in the (laughs) national championship or in the semifinals because I want Jalen Hurts to be there in the second round and have the Bears draft that guy because he's a winner, and then I think they could have more of a complete team. But until then, I think getting Trubinsky was it was a very uh, uneducated kind of risky move because the guy had very little experience in college. He didn't even win the starting position until later in his career, and he really just kind of played one season where I actually happened to be in Illinois, and I watched. I remember watching him play against uh, Illinois. I think UNC was rated like 20 in the country. And so I was like, oh, this would be a good game to go to. And I, he just kind of seemed like an average you know, D1 quarterback. And so when the Bears picked him, I was like, whoa, that guy? He wasn't yeah. anything special. So they just kind of, I think, jumped the gun a little there. But you live and you learn. Yeah. So th- I think one other thing in terms of Negi that I have not been super impressed with with the Bears was I never really got the whole idea of we got to get rid of Jordan Howard. Me either. I don't know if that was another thing. Negi wanted to draft his own running back and bring in his own guy and sign Mike Davis. I think Tariq Cohen hasn't been quite as effective this year without Jordan Howard. They were a really good one-two punch, and I don't understand why they wanted to mess with that. Yeah, me either. I mean, I thought it was it was a great draft pick for them to even draft Jordan Howard. I forget what round it is, but sixth round. Oh wow, the sixth round, and he was able to be, you know, the second leading rusher after his rookie season. I mean, that's that's value right there. And then the sophomore slump is pretty, you know, classic, and he had a slower year, but. I felt like they, they definitely should give him another chance, and I think he's proven Nagy wrong. He's having a nice year at the Eagles. Yeah, he is. So your team lost yesterday. My team lost yesterday as well. Tough one to see the Steelers lose at home to the Buffalo Bills. But look, I'm happy for the Bills fans. Chase Beebe is a good friend of this podcast, has come on it several times, is always pumping up the Bills. I got to give him credit. He came on our first preview show of the year when we previewed the AFC East, and he said Buffalo Bills are winning 10 games this year. He was right on the money. That's a good team right there. Josh Allen has come a long way, and they look like if they win against the Patriots, 
they would end up tying for the division. And the Patriots are, because they're going to play them one of these last two weeks here. The Patriots sort of own the tiebreaker. So they're not going to win the AFC East, but they're posing a pretty good threat to the Patriots, which I don't think anyone saw them coming this close to them. Yeah, I'm with you, Jack. It's just fun to see the Bills because they have such an exciting fan base. Yeah. And so it's kind of just all, all around, it's good to see Buffalo, you know, back on their feet. I agree. It's so I am happy for them. It was a tough What about one. your Steelers though, Jack? Are you are you upset? Are, are you upset about about the Steeler Nation? Well, I don't look. That was the toughest game left on the schedule. Uh, they're going to play the Ravens in Week 17, but Lamar Jackson's going to rest. I don't think the Ravens want the Steelers to see. Lamar Jackson three times this year because I do think there's a strong possibility that they could meet in the divisional round of the playoffs. And I think the Steelers could pose as a good threat because divisional games are always tough. I think this is the best division rivalry of the new millennium. I think these games are always really close and always really good. So it was a tough game. I'm not excited, but I think they're going to get in because I, I'm not too concerned about the Jets or the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think, you know, the Steelers are always a tough team, just in general. A lot of grit. Who do you think, Jack, I have a question for you. Who um, who do you think will be the quarterback in the Steelers come week one of next year? Ben Roethlisberger, baby. Wow. He's going to stay put, isn't he? <laughs> Dude, I was watching that game last night, and it was the worst game that Duck has played this year, he turned the ball over four times, and the Steelers still came close to tying that game up, which was remarkable. Uh, truly, it was a testament to how good their defense is. This is the best Steelers defense they've had post-Troy Polamalu. And really, I'm just watching this, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this team would be so good if Ben was healthy and Ben was Ben. Yeah, and if they had the receivers healthy. Yeah, the receivers have improved a lot. James Washington, you heard Collinsworth talking about it all last night. That guy's come a long way, too, this year. Uh, he's taken a lot of good strides, and Deontay Johnson uh, is a nice big play. He has big play capability. Yeah, I think the, the, the Steelers need that void, especially when with losing AB. They, they feel like they've always thrived off of those big plays, the mm-hmm. big you know, the receivers on that 70, 60-yard touchdown. Do you like Duck? Yeah, I think, you know what? I do. I don't mind Duck. I actually thought that, uh, where did Duck go to college again? Duck went to Samford in Alabama. They, oh, that's it. Yeah, I thought he went to Stanford forever. And I always <laughs> remember the Stanford being, being kind of good. But when I found he went to Stanford, it just gave, gave him a whole new light. But I think Duck is going to be a good backup quarterback in the NFL. But, I again, kind of my, uh, my grade of quarterbacks of teams that I like is, can they win me a Super Bowl or can they not? And I don't think Duck can win anywhere in a Super Bowl. No, I don't think they're winning a Super Bowl this year. But I think if the Steelers beat the Ravens in the playoffs, the fans are going to be very happy with how the season ended. Even if they went into the AFC title game and get got stomped on by the Patriots 38 to nothing, I think everyone would still think the season ended on a very high note. I agree. I mean, I think if you're if the Hall if your Hall of Fame quarterback gets injured throughout the entire year and you make the playoffs. I think that's a successful season. Mike Tomlin, coach of the year. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I think he's done an amazing job. He could be. He could be up there. 
Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, obviously. I, honestly, yeah, I give it to Kyle Shanahan. I think that a lot of people would kind of have doubts on the 49ers, and he's proved everyone wrong and then some. He's had a lot of big wins. They've had a decent schedule, and he seems to bring life into Garoppolo. Yeah. Garoppolo has gotten a lot of criticism this year, but he's had some big games. He's looked really good lately. He has. He's spotty, but he's got a really quick release, and he seems to be able to take control of that offense. And I think that I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl, but I I, I do think they're a definite contender. And that Kyle Shanahan office is there. It's just fun. <laughs> he gets Kittle involved. He's got those you know dual. He almost got like three or four running backs. I feel like that have hit the scene this year that have done well. But no, I, I, I'm all about the new offensive coordinator, the smart young guys that are kind of making things a little more fun to watch football. So you can count me as a, as a fan. All right. Uh, I'll give you another one that's Steelers related here. TJ Watt, defensive player of the year. They were showing his stats very, very similar to JJ's first three years in terms of sacks. But TJ actually has more fumble, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, and interceptions because you know you're not seeing JJ drop into coverage a whole lot as a defensive end. But man, that last night, that fumble that he forced last night, he's just everywhere. He's all over the field. He's so fun to watch. Yeah, he is. Now it just kind of prompted a question, Jack. And- it's for you, obviously. Who would you rather have unbiasedly be on your defensive line, the Watt brothers or the Bosa brothers? <laughs> I would have to say the Bosas, actually, because the problem with the Watts is J.J. doesn't seem like he can stay on the field as much as he could earlier this decade. He's had a lot of years in this league. He has. That's true. Bosas are the new hot commodity. Isn't it interesting, though, how you know really the apple doesn't fall far from the tree? You know, the, the two brothers... Two totally steps of brothers could just be equally as dominant and maybe the most dominant at their positions in the NFL. So it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, Nathan, let's talk about some of these other games. You were watching the Dallas Cowboys yesterday steamroll the L.A. Rams. What happened in that game? What did you see? I think that the Cowboys, they, they kind of seem like they're turning an edge. So, so the last like four or five games or however long they've been losing for it, I think everyone's been waiting for that one win to kind of give them life. And I think that was yesterday. What I saw, I think they obviously went pretty heavy on the run and they kind of let Zeke go to work. You know, he had a tremendous game. I think he had two or three touchdowns in that first half alone. He had two and he just looked dominant. So I think, I think the Cowboys just kind of went back to their, their origins, which was pound the rock, give Zeke the ball, let him make plays and then catch the, you know, the defense on their toes when they're thinking run and, and throw to those receivers because they're talented. So it was just good to see the defense looked well. And I think it gave uh, Jason Garrett a little more life to be an NFL coach. But I really foresee Dallas winning next week, making the playoffs. I, my, I, told, I kind of spoiled the, the secret I told Jack earlier. My hot take, I think the Dallas Tech Cowboys could actually win the Super Bowl. Whoa. They're, they're catching fire, Jack, at the right time. Week 16, I mean, it's, it's without to be said, they have a super talented roster. And I just think they, they've got the pieces to do it. They were just with something, some type of energy that was missing. But I, I have a weird thing that they got that back after that win. You're high on the Cowboys. They finish out this year in Philly, and they get the Redskins. 
So that that seems like nine and seven if they win the game in Philly. The winner of that game is going to win the NFC East, is going to make the playoffs. And I'm more sold on Dak and the boys receivers this year than I am sold on Wentz and the Philly receivers. I think that could play a big factor in this game. I don't see them going to the Super Bowl, though. I think maybe they have a... Well, I wouldn't call it a one and done, but I think they could do something similar to what they did last year where Dak can go in and play big in a playoff game, but I don't and beat a team like Seattle, but I don't really see them winning more than one playoff game. They would get to host a playoff game in that wild card weekend, but I just think the NFC is going to be too tough this year. I look at the Niners, you can look at really all those teams out west with the Niners the Rams, and although the Rams didn't look too good yesterday, uh, Seahawks and the NFC North with the Packers and the Vikings. I think people are sleeping on the Vikings. I like the Vikings a lot. Yeah, they, I do too. I I don't know what the, the exact, how hard it is, but I did see that Dalvin Cook did go out last week. So however long. Yeah, he got hurt. Is he done? He hurt his shoulder. No, I don't know if he's done for the year. I think he's going to miss next week, though. He has a shoulder injury. So if you're playing in the Fantasy Football Championship, which I am not, are you doing DraftKings, look at their backup running back, Madison. He is very good. He's going to have a big week against uh, the Packers on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I'm with you. They've got a nice offensive line, and you know the Vikings play tough football. So I think I, I agree with you, Jack. That would be a tough team to be in the playoffs. I think Kirk is going to win on Monday night this next week. And people are really, it's Kirk silenced a lot of the haters all year long. And he hasn't won a Monday night game in his career. And part of that is for the, the teams that he was playing on in Washington. I think he's going to get that win against green Bay this week. And people are maybe going to start giving him some props. Cause I think he's a really good quarterback. Yeah. I kind of agree with you. I think he's, he gets a little hate. I know. I remember earlier this year he got a lot of hate. Where I forget what it was, but maybe maybe he wasn't beating good teams, or I think it was a prime time thing as well. But I think Kirk's a good quarterback. They they do pay him a lot of money. I will say. Yeah. So it's tough tough to justify his his output with the amount you pay him. But you know, I do know he's a good person. I could say that. And you always got to root. You always got to root for those guys, the ones that are just doing good in their you know walks of life beyond football. So. Um, I'm with you, Jack. I think Kirk is, has it within him, and I think that he can kind of rise to the occasion. It's called upon. You just never know. Yeah, but I, I going back to your question, I there are several teams that I have more trust in in the playoffs than the Cowboys, even the Packers, and I'm not a big Packers guy. I mean, you hear me every week. It seems I'm always like, oh, my gosh, there was this call in this Packers game, and I don't totally think the Packers are that good. I mean, I think they're good, but I don't think they're Super Bowl contender, but I would still trust Rodgers in a playoff game more than I would trust the Cowboys. I think you could get Rodgers in there. Rodgers could win you a couple games. So I'm, I'm curious what else you're seeing in this Cowboys team that I might be missing. I just always think about like when the Giants won the Super Bowl back in the day. A lot of it's just like momentum. And I think that they're on such a roller coaster of a ride, and they've everyone's been kind of, you know, 
talking a lot of smack about them and they're and the coaches, you know, Jason Garrett obviously is at risk of losing his job. So I think that they all have a little chip on their shoulder. And I think that if they can just kind of catch some more win, some more win and get a big win next week against the Eagles and come off two big games that they're just going to be as confident as ever. And I think just really motivated to prove it wrong. So I think it's more of, of that factor. And then I think you just look at their, their roster. They have a good D and they have a good receiving core with Amari Cooper. And obviously I think Dak Prescott is a, is a very calm, calm, cool and collective quarterback and is able to, I think, perform under big moments. So I don't know. I think it, but it's not even about what's on the roster, Jack. I think it's mostly just, the energy that they're going to be kind of walking into in the playoffs. So that's a good point because it has been a roller coaster of a season for the Cowboys. As you mentioned, they lost their last three games before this big win against the Rams. And everyone was saying, okay, they can't beat anyone as a winning record, but they did. They, they beat the Rams. The Rams were eight and five before that game. Now the Rams are eight and six. So if the Cowboys do win these last two games, they'll have won the last three games of the regular season. So they would be riding some momentum. They'd host a home playoff game. And I don't I don't think they're going to host more than one playoff game, but they'll get that in the wild card weekend. And if let's say they played Seattle again, I don't I don't think Seattle's a real great road team in the playoffs historically. So that could be huge for them. That could be. And I think that Seattle, you know, with Russell Wilson, obviously they're tough to beat, but they're beatable. I think every team in the NFC is beatable. So yeah. I think it's all about who's who, who's who's hot. We haven't even mentioned the Saints, by the way. Oh yeah, I kind of forgot <laughs> about the Saints. I think they had a bye this week, maybe. Hey, they're playing tonight on Monday Night Football oh, against that's the Colts. It, yeah, I think that. How how much longer do you think Drew Brees has? Because I think that he he definitely is going to leave with one more Super Bowl. I don't know. That's a good question. I really don't know. But, you know, there is a quarterback in this division that I'd like to talk about for a little bit. Have you noticed what Jameis Winston has been doing these last few weeks? I love him because he either throws an interception or like a 60-yard touchdown. <laughs> and and he, he makes it exciting. But, yeah, I mean, he, he put up like 400 or 500 passing yards this last week. He's done two weeks in a row. I saw something on Twitter. I don't know if this was correct, but it was two weeks in a row of 450-plus passing yards. That has never happened before in the National Football League. Yeah, I think I think Jameis Woodson is like uh, the epitome of like, go big or go home. You know, he likes to take risks, <laughs> and he's got a big, strong arm and a good presence. I actually hope that the Bears either get hit. If they don't draft a good quarterback, I hope they get rid of Trubinsky and they either get Jameis or Cam Newton. Those are my, my two hopefuls for a quarterback for the Bears next year. But back to Jameis, I think he's great. I think he fits perfectly in that Bruce Arians offense. I remember reading something a while back saying that he was like really keen on going to there for Jameis because he thought that he was an absolute paint playmaker and that he was able to you know do things that other quarterbacks can't. So I'm, I like Jameis. I think he gets a, a bad rap. This Bucks team was three and seven a month ago. They're now seven and seven. Have won their last four games. I think this could potentially be a team to buy stock into going into next year because you, like you said, you don't know how much Breeze has left. This team's hot. They're closing out the year well. I think 
based on the way he's played, you're going to re-up with Jameis for one more year at least. Let's see what we got. Let's try this again next year. Let's make our defense a little better through free agency in the draft. And this team could potentially be a contender. I agree. And it's his first year learning the Bruce Arian system. Yeah, who's a great coach, by the way. He is a wonderful coach. I think from my backup quarterback days, I will say it does take a while <laughs> to learn the system. You have to know what every player is doing and all their assignments and, and you know, how the defense and what defense they're in and where you're supposed to go and who's going to be open. And so it takes about a season, I feel like, to really understand the offense. And then in year two, it's, it's enough learning and it's more of figuring it out and making it happen. There's a lot to be said when a quarterback learns a new system. It's, you're definitely put at a disadvantage. So I think year two is only should be better. What other games did you watch yesterday that you were keeping an eye on that you thought were good games or worth talking about? Um, obviously, always always interesting watching Eli Manning. You know, it's yeah. like probably the last, last couple of games, and he, he did put 36 up on a Dolphins, even though his stats don't really say that. But I thought that, you know, he was he's got like a couple games left. It's almost like his going away party. So obviously tuned in there. I thought that was interesting. Uh, the the Chiefs Broncos game and that snow was obviously a little fun to watch. Yeah, it's, I love snow it's so football. Great. It's really fun. Me too, especially when you get such a fast team like the Chiefs trying to operate in that snow. It's I can't really tell if they have a big advantage or a disadvantage. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Obviously, you got a you know Raiders last game at their home stadium. So oh yeah, a little bit. It was it was it was a little, a little sad to see them lose on the note they did with that kind of end of the fourth quarter touchdown to go down by four. And then other than that, Jack, in the afternoon, I was really keen on the Cowboys. I'm really happy about that. Um, I did. Did you happen to see that last play of the Falcons 49ers game when Julio Jones? Oh, yes, I did. Yes. That was crazy. Julio Jones, you know, first they called him no touchdown and then they reversed it to win the game. I actually really funny note, I do pay, and I'm not sure everyone that knows, I'm not a gambler, but I do randomly play in like the small dollar tournaments, and the person that won like the hundred thousand dollar tournament for like for like the seven dollar bet, he had Matt Ryan and Julio, and that last play got him from like fifteenth place to first place. Oh, so, in uh, DraftKings. Yeah, I was I was looking to see who the winner was. So someone should be really thankful that they overturned that. <laughs> won a lot of money. Yeah, and that's it, Jack. I I honestly fell asleep for your the Bills and Steelers second half, but obviously <laughs> love watching those two teams because they're just, they're tough at their core and they like to hit. Yeah. A lot of defense being played. All right, let's move over before, before I let you go, Nathan, let's talk about this college football playoff. Cause I know I'm not going to be able to have you on before the playoff. I'm sure I'll be talking to you again sometime here soon, maybe around March madness or something like that. But this college football playoff, I think, is going to be really, really fun this year. You want to give me your picks? I think that just I think the world wants to see LSU play Ohio State. Yes. And I think that's going to happen. But what I think the world is not ready for is I think Ohio State might take home a national championship and beat LSU. Whoa. And then if not them, I think that Clemson's got no chance. And I think that Oklahoma could surprise people. So, I don't know. It's tough to give you a pick, Jack. I think. There's four really exciting teams that, you know, could all beat each other. So, I don't know. I think, but if I if I were to have to put 
my some money on it, I would say Ohio State is going to take home the victory. All right. It'll be interesting to see. Did you enjoy the college football season this year? Yeah, I did. My, uh, my uh, Texas Longhorns obviously had a nice start-ish, but didn't vote out well. And then my Northwestern Wildcats were obviously a little disappointing. But other than that, I thought it was really fun. A lot of, you know, you got to love when players, and I feel like every college football season, there's always like one or two that kind of just come out of the scene like out, out of nowhere. I think Johnny Manziel kind of did that at Texas A&M and, and Joe Burrows. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know who he was until like week three or four of this year. <laughs> and so I think, yeah, it was, it was a good, exciting year. It's kind of, you know, it's always about how it ends, though. Yeah. So to be determined. To be determined. It was a rough year for the Wildcats of Northwestern, uh, especially after last year was so fun. I I really thought they were going to be at least a mid-tier team in the Big Ten. I don't know what went wrong there. Well, they that quarterback, uh, I forget his name, but the, he was the most highly... Hunter like, Johnson. Hunter Johnson, yeah. It was the best prospect Northwestern. For you, those of you that aren't Cats fans, it was the best prospect Northwestern ever had. He was like a top three quarterback out of high school and transferred from Clemson. And he, he didn't look any better than like the third string quarterback on the Cats. So a lot of hype, Jack. But what I am excited about is they did fire their offensive coordinator. And I feel like Northwestern's a pretty loyal school. And they don't really let go people. So it seems like they're, they're, they're moving in the, in the right step for getting better. Yeah, it's probably you got to do something after you have a season like they did where they only won one conference game. And sometimes it felt like they didn't win any. You got to do something, and you can't fire Pat Fitz because he's the best. He's an amazing coach. Yeah, and I, he's done a lot for the school. I think he's really, you know, me and you, Jack, and, and you obviously grew up way closer to Northwestern than I did. But you know, <laughs> the, the the sports programs there, I think, were never really exciting until kind of Fitz became the coach, and he's got the alumni and has built new not stadiums or practice facilities, and I think this has made sports in Northwestern, particularly football, a bigger deal than it was. So you got to be thankful for that. Well, they, they did get, they played in a Rose Bowl, I want to say, in maybe the 90s, but we were too little. Either we weren't born or... He actually played, Pat. He was on the... Yeah, he, well, that was when he played on the team, though. Right. Yeah. That wasn't when he was coaching. Yeah, you were right. It was like in the 90s, but he was the middle linebacker for that team. Yeah, he's the man. He's just I a legend. You. I agree. Well, hopefully one day in our lifetime, Jack Northwestern will will be playing in in the January. Northwestern softball last year was really good. Well, that's well, that's positive. I know they've got uh, <laughs> they've got a, a good girls lacrosse team. I know they used to win the national championship for many years, and obviously academically it's a great school. But I think there's there's some room to grow in that football program of theirs. Yeah, all right, Nathan. Any fun Hanukkah plans? Um, no, not really. I'm trying to think. No fun Hanukkah plan. I am, I am looking forward for the break though, you know, and the new year, kind of recharge my batteries, uh, you know, come up with some new goals for the new year and, and just kind of have a good 2020. So definitely looking forward to the break. Definitely much needed, but no, no good Hanukkah plans. What about you, Jack? Any good Christmas plans? Christmas, we still have to figure it out. I mean, we'll do something. We'll do a dinner and church on Christmas Eve. And typically Christmas Day, we just kind of chill out. I mean, I would think my Christmas is probably not much different from what you do on Christmas Day. 
<laughs> just watch some basketball and hang out with the family. What's interesting on Christmas Day is just from, from being Jewish, you know, obviously we don't celebrate Christmas, but nothing is open and all my friends are celebrating. So I'm kind of like forced to be alone. The only thing that's open is if you ever want to see a Jew on Christmas, just go to a movie theater or a Chinese because <laughs> those are the only things that are open so you know so it's 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 like my calmest day of the year so i, I secretly kind of like christmas sometimes because i have no outlet to do anything but <laughs> chill are, are you saying you're supposed to dislike christmas <laughs> no i would never dislike christmas but I, I i would say not not participating you would think would make me a little bitter but for me i just i like to to take my day on Christmas and do nothing. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's our Christmas. It's kind of like we do the whole presents and breakfast in the morning. And then the rest of the day is kind of nothing. And honestly, I would say Easter is definitely my favorite holiday because with Easter, you get to, you do that sort of stuff, church and breakfast or lunch or whatever. You get together with family, but then the rest of the day, like, there's baseball on. You can go outside because it's nice and warm and play some tennis and play some golf. There's just I feel like there's more to do, whereas Christmas, this time of year in general, you just have to stay inside. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be real cold too, so even more, <laughs> more of an incentive. Yeah, it's very cold already. Very cold here in Chicago. All right, Nathan, lastly, is there anything you would like to plug or promote while you're here? Uh, you want to give out your Twitter handle or anything like that? Um, I want to promote, let's see. No, nothing I want to promote. I wish I wish the Northwestern Wildcats could come to play in 2020. That's a wish of mine. My <laughs> Twitter, don't, don't follow me because I don't really ever tweet. I believe it's Nathan Rice underscore 10. And then just want to give thanks to, to Jack Vita and the show. Everyone who's listening should continue to listen. And Jack's a great guy and a great friend and does a really good job. So appreciate having the show, Jack, and I look forward to be on it hopefully sometime in the near future. Well, thank you so much for the kind words, Nathan. You're the man. Appreciate it. Bye, everybody. Nathan Rice, everybody. So thankful that he was able to come on the show tonight and recap this week in NFL had a lot of fun recording this podcast. Coming up on the podcast, as I mentioned, I did a Santa Claus 2 podcast. It's a Christmas edition. Recorded that over the weekend. That is out now. So go and enjoy that if you want to get in the Christmas spirit. In addition to that, I've got a podcast called All Decade Sports. It's going to drop sometime between now and the end of the year. I did that with Paul Oren. We had a great time where we ranked the best of the decade. We put together our all-decade team. So our all-decade NFL team, our all-decade MLB team, college basketball team, and NBA teams. That was a lot of fun to put together. Paul did a great job, always does. So be on the lookout for that. If you enjoy what you heard today on the podcast, go ahead and subscribe to The Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast so you will never miss an episode. Those who subscribe are always the ones who get the content first when it becomes available because it takes a couple hours for the podcast to get uploaded to the Apple Store, but it gets sent out to all the subscribers first. So you're going to get it first. 
and you will never miss an episode. Leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It would be an awesome thing that you can do to help boost this podcast as we move into the new year. Hopefully, a new year that provides a big boom in listenership for the Jack Vita Show. As I mentioned, I've got stickers with the Jack Vita Show logo available to you, the listeners. So message me on social media and I will make sure that I get a sticker out to you. That means if you live far, I can mail it to you for a small fee. We'll work it out. Just slide into my DMs. We'll make it happen. That does it for today's show. Thank you so much to everyone who listened. Have a great week. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs>